what up, what up? You tuned in to the Jose Morales Podcast. I am your host, Jose Morales. And in another special edition podcast, I am solo today. And this episode, 21, we will be talking about the California Silver Gloves Tournament, everything about it, vlog style. Thanks to Chloe for the idea. So I will be giving you guys... Uh, info on just how it went down, who I met, how the fights went, what I what did I do in LA, and everything that has to do with the tournament and the trip. Before beginning, I do want to clarify something that I made a mistake on the previous episode when I talked about the silver gloves and how it was broken down. I guess it was changed. I mean, I remember it being different than it is now. I think maybe it was the Golden Gloves. But this time, you have the local, which is your LVC. And then you move on to state. And then you go on to regionals. So, for some reason, I don't recall it being that way. But I didn't actually participate in these tournaments. So, I could be completely wrong from the very beginning. Um and by the way, I want to mention, I'm trying super hard this episode to not say no ums or or uhs or anything like that, or being as, what's the word I'm looking for, as proper as possible and get better with my public speaking, so I'm testing myself. Caitlin, who is actually, um, Caitlin, who is the one who makes all my social media podcast content has been giving me a hard time about it so i'm trying to do my best to get better with my public speaking so i am gonna try my best i can't make any promises because that shit is fucking hard to do but here it is i'm gonna try my best the first story that i want to share with you guys on the first day when we get down to la there's a registration day when you have to register for the silver gloves a long ass fucking line and we're at the end of this line, and this line is not moving. And when we're sitting there, I'm talking to my boxers. And the cool thing about it, when you're down there, you got the entire state of California. So you have northern, central, southern. And when you see someone from the north, you know, you see your friends and things like that. You know, you kind of click. You know, you're like, hey, man, we're rooting for you, which is super cool. And when we're down there, uh, we're sitting in this l- long line that's fucking seems like it's never ending is not moving diego victor and angel go to uh my truck to weigh themselves and when they come back they help one of the officials with carrying food and all this stuff well that little help right there got us to the front of the line skipped the whole thing and got us out of there super dope i was so so happy everyone i had a couple of my homies were like yo how'd you get moved up to the front of the line i was like hey they saw that rey de sacra in line they said hey come up to the front <laughs> that was definitely not the case but it worked they moved us up so be nice be polite man being polite definitely goes a long way after registration that's when they release you know who is going to be competing on what day and so forth and we didn't start competition until uh, Friday, which was gave us Thursday off. So Thursday, we didn't do anything besides train in the morning. And then we kind of just spent a day. Everyone just broke up when did different things in L.A. I actually went to the wild card boxing club and I went there because I was with Diego. You know, I was with Diego. I wanted to 
Um, I wanted to take him out and show him around. And he had never even heard of the wild card. He'd never even nothing. So I wanted to go there. And then I also wanted to see for sparring, you know, maybe hook up some sparring with for David and things like that. And when I get there, as we're going in, Manny Pacquiao's coming out. And what are the chances of that, right? To run into Manny Pacquiao. I had nothing to get signed by him. Uh, Diego had nothing to get signed by him. And by the way, Diego was too damn shy. Or he wasn't, you know what it was? He wasn't shy. He was too damn aggressive. He wasn't a- aggressive enough. There's so many people there. You you know how it is when you get to things like that, when there's people waiting. You better get that shit or that shit ain't coming to you. And Diego was standing there, and he didn't get nothing signed or nothing by him. Um, Alonso was like autograph, autograph. And he, he, got his, he got his shirt signed, which was super dope. One of the guys uh, snatched a picture. But one of the person, one of the people that I saw there that I thought was pretty cool for me personally was Ellie Setback. And he, if you know boxing or follow boxing on YouTube or social media, he's probably one of the biggest boxing reporters on social media. He's very popular in the boxing community. And I thought it was pretty cool that when he saw me, we started talking. He actually was like, hey, I recognize your gym. I recognize you. And he had had heard of us already. Super cool. I thought it was cool. I enjoyed talking to him. Super polite dude. The guy knows his stuff. The guy knows his his boxing for sure, but just his sports in general, man. Crazy being a, a journalist, I guess. That's part of the things you have to do. But this guy knew about the Kings. He, he knew about them being robbed. Being, uh, and by robbed, I'm talking about during the series with the Lakers. If you know basketball, you know damn well the Kings won that. The referee even came out and went to prison for it because he confessed to stealing that from the Kings. And that's what I mean by robbed. Those Laker fans that are listening are probably mad right now, but I'm dead serious. But anyways, back to it. Uh, Ellie sat back, knew about that, had a great conversation with him. I also met another journalist um, from the Bay Area, actually, Filipino, Angeles, and a great conversation with both of them. I mean, I had a great time there when we were there. And then that's all we did that first day. We were just driving around through the city. Uh, went sightseeing you know we went to throughout through hollywood we went to the cisa hotel um, because we had just recently watched the documentary of the cisa hotel which is freaky this whole place is closed right and we're driving by and it's um no longer in in service is no longer it's completely closed but when you look up there's still window i mean there's still like lights on in rooms there's still like it looks like there's people in there, but there's no one in there. And this is throughout various different rooms as you look up during different stories. Um, de- definitely does look creepy. I'm not sure what's up with that. Did they forget to turn off the lights before closing it? I don't know. But there's definitely lights on. And then after that, we went to East L.A. One of my favorite taco places is in East L.A. The best food on this side of the border. But besides that, I wanted to go sightseeing because i had never been to different parts of one of the movies that i watched a lot growing up which was blood in blood out and we went to uh just watch different parts of where the movie was filmed and things like that in the neighborhood and only my wife was like man really reminds her of tj because of the hills and how everything looks 
So that's pretty much what we did that first day, that Thursday. That's one of the things I enjoy doing when I go to places that I've never been. I enjoy doing going to parts of the city that people don't usually go to. Not just the movie scenes. I, I Obviously, that's probably something people do. But I like going to, like, the hood. I like seeing people that actually live in the city, not just the tourist spots. I, I love just seeing parts that you're not going to see on the daily basis or or things like that. I don't know. I've always enjoyed that, talking to people from there, the locals. That's one of my favorite things to do when I go to cities. When the bout sheet was every, and everything was made, we found out that... Uh, Friday, Diego was going to be fighting, and on Saturday, Victor and Angel uh, were fighting in the championship. So Friday, uh, the only one that had the biggest bracket was Diego. He he had four people in his in his in his brackets, and Victor and Angel were both in the final. So it was just one other boxer. Ava had the toughest fight of them all. Ava only had to make weight. And that was it because there was no girls. And this one thing that I there's a couple lessons that you can get from this. And I want to talk about it and I want to share this with you guys. Um, First thing that I want to mention before I get into the lesson is. That you there in boxing is not that many people and especially not that many girls. I always bring this up to parents. I bring this up to very talented kids that I have in the gym. I bring this up to everyone that's in boxing that I talk to is if you're going to pick another sport and you're in, in your, in your, and you could compete in it. If you're athletic and you're really good and let's say you're 14 years old and you have to make the decision between high school football that you really, really love or boxing or any other sport, baseball, basketball, I'm just picking football. But if you are having to make a choice between the two, I tell everybody, you have a much higher chance of being or getting somewhere in boxing with the same work ethic, if you work hard in both, the same skill than you do in any of the other major sports. And the reason behind that is because in boxing, you're not going to have millions and millions of other kids trying to fight for that same a basketball team that you're trying to be in when uh, be on as a pro when you become a professional basketball player versus in boxing it is not that competitive for one not that many kids are boxing especially girls there's hardly any girls and it's actually a lot more popular now than it was in the 90s in the early 2000s when when there wasn't even Olympic, I mean, women didn't even participate in boxing in the Olympics. Now there's women fighting in the Olympics. So it's a lot, it's a lot more popular, but even then it's still not that popular where it's just sexual, where it's just full and full of competition. So the chances of getting on, like, let's say you're playing for your high school basketball team. Are you really going to take time off? And written, uh, to play high school basketball for your local basketball team that really how far are they going to get there? Unless, unless you're playing for a great school, how far are you going to get playing high school basketball versus you competing at national tournaments in boxing and having a chance to make a U.S. national team versus I don't think 
those chances are going to be that high to make a U.S. national basketball team as a 13, 14-year-old versus a will in boxing. So that's the first thing I want to mention. Second thing that I want to mention about this, Ava won with just showing up. And people may see it as, whoa, she just showed up and she won, like, not give her credit. The girl deserves a ton of credit. And let me tell you why. And I and and I actually talked about this with Justin Buckles' podcast in season one because uh, Justin Buckles, if you know who Justin Buckles is, he is big in the UFC world. But if you want to go back, listen to his podcast, I'm not going to repeat everything he said, but he also mentioned that how he was the state champion in Alaska for multiple years by just showing up and not fighting because there was no other guys doing boxing in Alaska. Well, Ava's in California and there's not that many girls her age her size boxing and she showed up and this is why she deserves credit she showed up zero fights in the dark and went to a state tournament to box and compete to win the state championships that is why there's no other girls because you know how scary that sounds hey you want to go to LA and fight for a state championship tell any girl that what do you think they're going to say Hell no. Why do you think I'm going to go box in L.A. for a state championship? I don't want to get my ass kicked. That's what all the girls are thinking. I don't want to get my ass kicked. Ava showed up. No fights, no experience, showed up and did it. Second of all, she prepared herself. But third, what this all says is right here, the lesson that I wanted to tell you guys is part of the battle is just showing up. Showing up gets you so far. Just show up and put in the work. Showing up may even get you the job, may even get you whatever it is that you're looking for. But you have to show up. And that's what Ava did. And that is why she's a a Silver Glove State Champion. Uh, The next person that competed was Diego. Diego competed on Friday. And again, another one similar to Ava he had zero experience, zero fights, zero everything. This is his first fight, and he's doing it in a state tournament. Although Diego wasn't as lucky as Ava was, there's actually people for him to fight, and he had to fight a guy with 46 fights. That means he had 46 fights under his belt, and Diego had zero. And this is a kid he went against, and he did amazing. I personally think, yes, he did lose. I mean, we don't. I don't feel like he got robbed or anything. He did lose. He started off really, 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 really good, and I think in the second round he kind of started losing his momentum. And in the third round he got a standing eight count. And what a standing eight count is for those that do not know boxing is when you get hit hard repeatedly, or if you get hit, if you get hit or you're not punching back, or anytime the the ref feels like you're in trouble, they stop the fight, and that's when they count one, two. They give you 10 seconds. You don't want to get to 10 seconds, but they give you up to 10 seconds before they stop the fight if they feel like you're hurt. Typically, most people survive. They count to eight. They're like, all right, you're okay. Okay, you're good to go. Um, That's what they did. Uh, That's what happened to Diego in the third round, and I think that's really what's the separation in the fight. He did a lot of great things by, like, making a miss. The guy in the first round, honestly, Diego did amazing. He won the first round. The guy didn't really know what to do with him until Diego died out. Diego stopped throwing punches, and that's what caused him the fight. But for being his first fight, 
I uh, my hat's off to him. I mean, I told him if it was your 50th fight and you lose because you lose momentum and you're not throwing punches, I'd be upset with you. But you lose that way on your first fight against a guy with that much more experience than you, there's nothing but credit for me to give you. I mean, you from here, you're going to go up and only up. You're only going to get better from here. There's nothing. You're supposed to make mistakes. You're supposed to do things and see what you did wrong and now fix it and grow from it. Now, if you keep making this mistake, that's when I will be upset with you. But this is your first offense and let's just keep growing from here. So that's that's what happened to Diego. If Diego would have won on Friday, he would have went to the final and competed on Sunday, which did not happen. And that was his 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 end of his Silver Gloves state championship run. Really, really broke my heart because I know he really wanted to do it. And one thing that really broke my heart about it is he really wanted to do it for his dad. You know, he really wants to his dad to see how good he is. And I know he feels because he told me this. I know he feels that his dad doesn't think he's as good as he is. And I don't think his dad means it that way. Honestly, you know, that's just how Mexican dads are. <laughs> or not even just Mexican dads. I think just dads in general, you know, very, very strict and hard, hard, tough love. And we expect so much from you that we constantly are telling you that you can do better in putting you down, which could fuck with you. You know what I mean? If you're constantly saying you're not doing good, the guy starts thinking he's not doing good. Not because he's not doing good. It's because that's all you're telling him. And I think that's what's happening in this situation. Diego feels he's not doing good because that's all his dad's telling him. But his dad is telling him that because he knows he can do better than what he's doing. And he really wanted to do it for his dad. I mean, he got really teary-eyed. He got sad and 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 just broke my heart seeing him that way. But we were all very proud. He has a lot of family in L.A., so we had family there. And I keep saying we because that is my nephew, Diego is my nephew, those that do not know. So a lot of my wife's family was down there from L.A. We ended up going after, out afterwards to uh, Avenue 26 in downtown. Shout out to Trojan. Um, she's like, she, everyone's probably like, who the hell is Trojan? Alina from the boxing gym. Uh, she told me about going to 26th Avenue downtown in downtown in L.A. And if you're ever down there, definitely check this place out. If you're into like street food, like, you know, like tacos and things like that and street vendors and things in that environment, this whole avenue becomes a vendor plaza. I mean, everything from music, uh, beer, different food, come with an empty stomach because there's a whole shit ton of food, drinks, everything, anything you could think of, man, is it's crazy. It's off the charts. So we went there afterwards. It was funny because... Um, they were telling me after the fight, you know, my wife's cousin was like, hey, we should go do something afterwards. And they're like, we should go to that one place, that one place that's popping. And they're like 26. I was like, wait, somebody told me to buy, uh, Trojan told me to buy, about that place. So we ended up going there. Super dope. I enjoyed it. After that, we called it a night. And uh, that's when the Ortegas fought. And with the Ortegas, that was intense. I mean, uh, at this point, myself, I'm feeling like, man, Diego lost, and I had and the Diego and David sparring already happened. So I'm gonna tell you about David sparring. But at this time, me, I feel like 
I, I've taken too many ills, and I don't like this. I don't like that feeling at all. I hate feeling that way. It drives me fucking nuts. And also, when you feel that negative vibe, or you feel like you're in that losing drought, or you feel like you're just not feeling yourself, I, uh, I almost feel like I need to change that. I need to fucking snap out of it. And you know, the best thing for me to do that I notice works for me. I go for a run, or, or uh, I just. Do something. You know what I did that day, actually, because I, I, I ran in the morning. So it was the middle of the day. And what I did is I, I actually I took a nap. I remember taking a nap. I took a nap and and I just wanted to act like that. The bad day was over, even though it was the same day because David sparred in the morning and we just snapped out of it. I had to get up. I had to get out of that that vibe. And and it worked. Headed over to to competition the ortega super confident feeling good i love how calm they are super calm confident they're just ready for whatever we get there and victor happens to fight a guy with his last name morales <laughs> and angel fights his other guy and they're both from the same gym so it's it's us versus this other gym they got two boxers we got two boxers they're from la we're obviously not from la the whole crowd is rooting for them the family, everything. Um, and when we get there, we're warming up right next to each other. We're literally right next to each other, warming up. We're looking at each other. It's this awkward stare when you know you're like, you kind of suspect you're fighting them. And then you're like, everyone's fighting, fighting, fighting. And then you're like, wait, we're the last two who have not fought. We're definitely fighting each other. Now you know you're fighting each other, but you're just staring at each other. And the coaches, everyone's just staring at each other. Um, and it was funny because the funny part about it is – Three hours before, I had seen this coach, and we all we were conversating, we were talking about. We never once mentioned who was competing versus who. We were just it was just a coach and I alone, and we were just talking, being polite. Hey, what's up, Kule? Talking, and then once we realized that we were competing against each other, it was game face. It was no more Kule, no more what's up. It was just look, hard mug. Turn around, focus on my kids, look over. He's mugging me, I'm mugging him. <laughs> and even the fucking coaches are mugging each other now. And everyone's just fucking game phase, ready to go. And the first to fight is Angel. We go out there, uh, we walk out there, and Angel is just puts it on this kid. I mean, he the, the ref stops it. And we were on IG Live. I don't know if you guys watch it, but I feel personally, I feel like Angel could have done it and made it a whole lot easier on himself. Uh, but it was the first time of him fighting in a while, so I know he was very anxious to get in there. And he, he, he won the third round. The kid came back strong in the third round. He came out strong. But that strong lasted about five, ten seconds, and then he blew his head gasket. And Angel took it from there. So we I was worried, honestly worried we were gonna lose. Let me tell you why. My whole life, always Northern California has this thing that every time you go to Southern California, you get robbed. And it's very, very tough to win in Southern California. Which is true. And having that in my head. I was like, man, I I just I always tell my boxers, don't leave it up to the judges. You leave it up to the judges, you're pretty much you're fucked because if they don't want to give it to you, they don't want, they're not gonna give it to you no matter how good you did. But we won right after that Victor fought. Victor fought that kid 
the, whose last name was Morales, and the kid was huge, not height-wise, but very muscular, built bigger, um, a lot bigger than than Victor. And before this, check this out. This, this I knew something shady was going down. We were down there, and this was before the fight started, before Angel started. I looked at Victor's gloves, and I told, because David went to go get the gloves with Victor, because I was warming up Angel. And I looked at those gloves, and I said, those gloves are 12 ounces. We're supposed to have 10-ounce gloves. So I told David, go over there and check, make sure we get 10 ounces. They were like, no, that's the gloves you're supposed to use. I'm like, no, we're supposed to have 10s. Like, I guess they have 12s also. I was like, all right. They say so, but the people giving out the gloves are not part of the USA boxing. It's LA, like some of the club members or somebody, someone from there. So it's, you know, it could be who knows who. It could be Uncle Tom and Jimmy. You know, I don't know who those people are. And they give them the gloves. When we go when it's time to fight, I told I told the ref, can you please make sure that their gloves are the same? Because I feel like they got ten ounces and we have twelve ounces. And sure enough, guess what? They had ten ounces and we had twelve ounces. And and the, and I was like, these motherfuckers are already trying to jack us. So we get our glove switch. And I, I just by the look, I don't know, something about the build, the boxers, or how they look, I kind of have an idea of what kind of style they're going to fight. And I had an idea, I, I, I had a feeling this guy was going to come forward. He was going to be a pressure fighter. He was going to throw some wild hooks. And guess what? That's exactly what he was doing. And I told Victor, make sure you box this kid. Box him. Stay long. Punch him moving backwards. Keep that jab out there. And honestly, Victor did amazing. The first round he got uh the guy came out on full throttle. He, he hit him with something. It looked like he went flying into the ropes. I think that probably looked a little bad on the judges for on on the for the judges. But besides that, uh, Victor outboxed him beautifully. Every time the kid jumped in, Victor punched him three, four punches, moving backwards, got out the way. And that is boxing. I believe that is boxing. You hit and you don't get hit. And the fight was over, and they gave him to the other kid. I personally think, like I tell Victor and I tell everybody, you have to get it out of the judges' hands. You can't if you give it to the judges, you can't complain if you lose. And that's what happened. I think he should have won, but again, we let it get to the judges. It was a great fight. We gave props to the kid, everyone, all everybody I talked to the coach after. It was good. Uh they both everyone showed love. So but moral of the story is you have to get it out of the judges' hands. And that's another lesson right there in life. If you don't like the outcome of something or whatever, then you got to bring it in your hands. If you don't like the pay you have at work or you don't like this and you don't know you have to change that. You can't depend on your supervisor or somebody to see something in you to suddenly give you the raise or the money you think you deserve. You create the money you think you deserve. You create whatever it is that you want. You have to take it out. You got to make that shit happen and take it out of people's hands. So, and that's kind of the way I look at everything with boxing. I mean, everything shows a lesson and that's what I hope to get with you guys through with this podcast is I'm going to compare everything to life like I did there. Another thing I wanted to talk about with this with this episode that, you know, I had, I think it's called deja vu, right? Deja vu is when you remember something or something like that. I'm not exactly sure the definition of deja vu, but this happened to me when we were down there and I saw, you know, 
Victor and Angel's parents were there. Um, great parents, Ava and her parents were there, and and they're super good. I mean, they're just very supportive. They're there to help them in every way possible. Um, Diego's mom was blowing up our text call, making sure she was actually on her way and she had a blowout, so she couldn't make it. But she called her family in L.A. to go. She called. She was calling us. She was checking on us. She was like very attentive. She's a great mother. And when all this happened and while all this was going down, it gave me this feeling and and it just really reminded me of when I was a teenager and I fought it at, at the L.A. Convention Center and I was in L.A. for a few days and I was alone uh, with my coach and my team. And I just remember being there and when I was there fighting and just no one ever asking me like my family how I was doing or asking me how my fight went. Uh, man. And at the time when I was a teenager, it didn't really affect me because I was used to it. But for fucking some reason, uh, when I was driving to the venue and I drove by the convention center, I fucking, I almost started fucking crying. <laughs> I almost started fucking crying in the truck while driving. And and I just looked over to my wife and I told her, imagine being a teenager, being here alone and no one giving a fuck about you. And she looked at me like all confused. And and that's when I told her, I was like, I, I fought there. And then she's like, you did? I'm like, yeah. And I told her what happened. And then she's like, did you lose? I'm like, yeah, I lost that fight. And I remember how heart, how, how heartbroken I was and how I try to hide it because I was around my teammates and I was trying to be this tough motherfucker. And and I didn't really share any emotion, but really inside I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken for many reasons. I fucking wanted to win so bad because it was L.A. I fucking hated L.A. I, you know, I fucking hated L.A. because of the Lakers. You know, I'm fucking kings out and I fucking did not want to lose to somebody from L.A. And I was just pissed off. And I just had all these emotions. And it just fucking hit me while I was driving there. It fucking made me remember all that. And that's when I told Diego. and Because Diego was in the truck with me. I'm like, man, you have to, have to understand how big of a blessing it is to have people that care for you. Have your parents there for you. Have your parents sacrifice the work to be there for you. Some parents can't sacrifice. And not that my mom didn't give a fuck about me. is my mom didn't have the time to be there for me. She couldn't, there was no fucking text messaging. <laughs> I mean, she couldn't text me, see how I was doing. She was working and she called me. It was during a break or something. What was she going to call? My pager? I mean, I didn't even have that. I mean, there was nothing, um, there was nothing she could have done. So uh, my mom didn't have the luxury of sacrificing her work to be there for me. And so I told her, I told them, I'm like, when you have things like this, you have to take advantage and appreciate of all that. And be very thankful. Tell your parents you love them. Listen to them. Another thing that I compare to life is, you know, in boxing, the boxing coach is your eyes outside of the ring. The boxing coach sees everything. They're those extra set of eyes for you. They tell you what they see and what's better for you while you're fighting and what you should do and so forth. Well, your parents they are your boxing coach in life. They see those are the extra set of eyes. They see what's going on. They see the bad friends, the bad, and they they see 
all the bad influences, what this person is really trying to do, what friends are real, what friends are fake. They are those extra set of eyes for you outside of the ring. Trust them. Listen to them, especially they care for you. And if they're doing all this for you, they care for you. Listen to them. Love them back. And the way you the best way you can show them you love them back is by doing what they ask. It's that simple. All right. Enough of that before I start fucking crying. <laughs> and now I'm going to talk about David sparring. So the reason why I took David out there, I wanted David to spar with the best boxers in the world. And L.A. It has the hub for besides Vegas. I mean, there's other boxers somewhere in other places in the world. But I mean, it's literally like the hub in L.A., we I wanted him to spar with world champions or boxers that are competing to be world champions soon, uh, top of the line professional boxers, and we went to this boxing gym down there that my homie Marty hooked up. By the way, shout out to Marty, Chima Danger Zone Boxing Club. The homie Marty set that up, but we're down there, and when we go down there, and we walk into this boxing gym, the first thing that I notice how polite and everyone just says hi to everybody no joke when you walk in every single boxer that walks in goes around and says hi to every single person before they do anything before they put their wraps on before anything they go around in a full circle saying hi to everybody and everybody meaning everybody the ortegas went with me david was there me Ortega's parents were there, mom and dad, and they say hi. They even said hi to us. They don't even know us, but they said hi. That's the fucking shit that I try to duplicate in the gym. I try to tell everybody when you come in, fucking greet everybody. When you leave, say bye to everybody. It doesn't matter if you know them or not. Fucking acknowledge them. They're people. They are there. Acknowledge them. Be fucking polite. I personally love that. When we get there, after they do all that, I mean, um, I fucking i just had to mention that but when i get there um i talked to the the coach and i didn't know this but there's like this is all sorts of gyms in there it's not just one boxing gym it was like fucking like eight ten different boxing coaches there with their boxers and i guess that's what they do on on the day is they go they meet and everyone spars and so forth and i went up to the main coach which is coach is like big time you see him on tv and stuff like that and when I get there, I told the coach, you know, I would like to do these uh, 10 rounds with my fighter for my fighter sparring. And, and I think he took offense to it because he was like, oh, we'll give you 10, 12, 14, 16, how many rounds you want? It don't matter. I was like, oh, shit. And I think about it. I'm like, maybe I did sound like I was fucking some cocky bastard. But that's not what I meant. It was like, I need 10 rounds for David. Like, that's what we're looking for. I didn't mean it as like, man, your guys are fucking lame. We could fuck them all up. Not like that. I don't know if that's how he took it. I'm assuming that's how he took it because he, he acted very, he acted very, like I said, like, oh, we give you as many as you want all day. Da, da, da. He said, just sit down and wait. We waited for like two hours because I guess the guys, David's weight showed up at a certain time. And we're sitting there waiting. We're watching everyone train. We watch a guy that just fought on a pay-per-view was there. We, I mean, a lot of great boxers. I mean, everyone there was top of the line i mean there was no there was no definitely no new person new person trying to figure out how to jump rope you know what i mean everyone was very seasoned and when we get there a couple of the coaches come talk to me and, and then i 
And I started making new friends, and that's how I found out that, you know, it was a few different gyms there. It wasn't just one. And when David starts sparring, we start sparring, and right away, fucking started wrong. Fucking David's headgear broke. And he's sparring this dude, and this guy looks a lot bigger, but he's only one weight class bigger than David, which makes a fucking difference. And and not saying anything, not taking anything from these guys, because these guys for sure outclassed us. And I say us, not just David. And I told David straight up, you know, this is this is this is our fault. I mean, this is my fault. Don't take this on you. This is my fault. And I, the reason why I wanted David to go is because I wanted David to. There's certain things I've been talking to David about, and I'm not really gonna bring it up on here. But if you want to ask me, ask me one day. I'll tell you. Um, but I wanted David to see that. I wanted David to understand and experience that because that's the vision I have for David. Because I tell David, my goal for you as a pro boxer is to be a champion. I mean, there's no other reason. I'm not doing this because I enjoy having a, uh, you fight as a pro. I enjoy the the attention we're getting. I enjoy it. There's none of that. I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing it because I see you, I see potential in you and being a world champion. That is it. That's the only reason why I'm doing it. And when we're down there, a lot of people don't realize this, but David had his first fight about three years ago. I mean, I think he was like 30 years old already, 30, 31. And what I mean by first fight is his per first professional fight. He, he was an amateur prior to that. We grew up together boxing as an amateurs. But his first professional fight as a it was a few years ago, and he was already, I believe, 30 years old when he fought. And what I mean by that is prior to that, David was no longer fighting. David was just a guy like myself right now, out of shape how I am now. It's like me out of nowhere just turning to fight pro. I'm not in shape to be fighting pro. That's what David did. David got off a couch and got in shape and started fighting professionally, just like that. And went to a 6-0 record coming off a couch. This is what this guy did. That's what he needs so much credit for. Going against these guys that went straight from amateurs, straight to high-level uh, amateur ranking and all that, to a pro, to a, a good promotional company where they took care of them, set them up, made sure they matured and grew and got better and better. And... These are the guys he was sparring, and these are the guys that he got outclassed by. But I'm thinking, I'm telling David, and just by the way the trainers acting, I'm literally these fucking guys acting like, like, like they, like they did something. I'm like, dude, if they know where David came from and what he did and what where he's at, yo, you acting like you you're you know you beat another, like, yo, you don't even know the history behind David, so. I don't know. I took, I took, I don't even know how to explain how I took that whole experience. I took that whole experience to me like it was my fault. I shouldn't have put him there. I took it as, um, it just pissed me off. He didn't get his ass, I mean, I, he didn't get his ass kicked like he didn't get knocked out or nothing like that. It was just David wasn't David. And that's what it was like that it was not David. The David I know was not there. And, and that right there uh, was one of the things that I feel um, if I could if I could turn it back, I, w I probably, you know what, I don't even regret it because it was great for David. David fucking, I just regret it 
I what I could if I could change something from it would be probably would be the way I I I told I would if I could change anything from this whole fucking experience, this is what I would have told. I would have made sure the first guy that he sparred was actual his actual weight. He was one class heavier and the guy was fucking strong. And I think that's what took David completely out of the game. If the guy was David's weight class, exactly his size and everything from the very beginning, I don't think he would have took him out of the game and I think he would have done a whole lot better. But the fact that they were trying to kill David and they couldn't kill David and David was right there and they could not take the motherfucker out, David has a lot to be proud of. And that's what I told him. I'm like, man, you got a lot to be proud of. And you down here fucking and 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 made this happen. And and that's literally how that shit went down. That's and that shit just killed the mood. I didn't like I, I didn't like how I was feeling after that. And that's how the whole nap thing and all that came about. But after we did all that, uh, we started back on on his training and everything that I wanted us to do with him and changed everything up. Because the biggest thing with the fighter during the last couple of weeks of training camp is his confidence. His confidence has to be high. That is crucial. And I think like I, I felt like I crushed David's confidence that day. And I felt horrible for that. I felt horrible for for. Like, you know, all these guys, everyone that's, when they're fighting, I feel like I'm responsible for them. They are, they're there because of me. They're there, and I just did not feel right. And I'm glad that after that, we back on track, started building this confidence back up, doing different drills, different things. But it was definitely something that made me feel a certain way that I do not, did not like feeling. But that was it. And then back to the great memories and things that went down in L.A. I want to mention one other person that I met down there. I met this guy that sells uh, crepas. Crepas, crepes, I think that's how you say it in English. Fucking Kaylin's going to say some bullshit. I don't know how you say it. If I said it wrong, fuck it. But they're fire. They're definitely not the healthiest. But I met this guy. He sells them. We were down in L.A. and it was late. It was probably like 10 o'clock. I don't know why we're eating this shit at 10 o'clock, but fuck it. We're eating this shit at 10 (laughs) o'clock. And we're going down there. and I mean, we're down there getting this food. And I'm talking to this guy. And this guy's just super fucking like he's a he's a he's an entertainer. He's making the food, busting jokes, laughing, time of his life, hella happy. And in a way, kind of reminded me of me with what I do when I'm teaching. I try to be an entertainer. I try to have fun. I try to be I'm there to please the customer. And this guy was doing that. We were talking and he was just trying to make me happy, trying to have me enjoy myself. And he did an amazing job at it. Afterwards, you know, we we exchanged Instagram and. And now I'm looking forward to going to L.A. again. And guess where I'm going to go? I will go out of my way to go to his crepas and get some from him. Exactly like I do with my tacos. I go to East L.A. every time I go to Southern California. And I make sure I get the same tacos because of the experience. Because no matter how good the thing is, the, the service or whatever they do, the experience and how good they make me feel is what matters. And 
that's kind of a business tip right there in its own. You know, people are around you because how you make them feel. Those that like you, they will be around you is mostly because you make them feel a certain way. And that right there will make your business bloom. Another thing I really enjoyed is just the memories, you know, the memories we made, the the boxers, the parents, my wife, my kids uh, playing. I, I showed the boxers a game we were playing, which is actually a Russian game. It's called Durak, which means... Uh, I believe it means stupid or dumbass. I, th- I believe it means dumbass. I, I don't. I think stupid sounds too nice, but I called it dummy. You know, we had the parents and everyone there. I don't want to be like, oh, you want to play dumbass? So I called it dummy, um, and I had them play that game, and it was actually a very strategic game. It's, it's my favorite card game. I love playing that game, and it's just the whole memories in itself. Just being there, I saw sides of. Diego that I've never seen. He was dancing. He was super happy. He was just pumped up and he's all he was just happy. I love that shit. It made me very happy. Um and with having two uh boxers advancing to regionals, uh, Ava and Angel, and it, lucky me, it happens to be the same weekend David fights. Now I have five fights the same day. I'm trying to figure out how the fuck am I going to be in two different states at once? Well, this is exactly what I wish for. So when people say, be careful what you wish for, I know you heard that before. It is 100% true. I wish for this. Exactly what is going on right now, pro boxing, amateurs, nationals, regionals, gym, staff. This is what I wish for. Now I'm living it. Now I need to make shit happen and I'm going to figure it out. I still don't know exactly what I'm going to do, but I'm definitely going to figure it out. I was talking to Erica when we were at the house and she was like, how, like, what does Jose like to do? Like, what, what is it that Jose likes to do when he's alone? And it was kind of hard for me to answer. I mean, I don't really spend too much time or anything with me. If I do anything, it's me off-roading. Um, I used to play a lot of FIFA. I don't really play FIFA no more. Um, another thing is gamble. I fucking love to gamble. I'll gamble on anything all day, every day. Other than that, I enjoy being with my family. I enjoy being with my kids. And I honestly enjoy what I do. I love seeing people transform. I love seeing someone that had no self-confidence have so much self-belief that they are unstoppable. I love seeing them transform as humans and then as boxers. I love it. And it usually happens boxing and then humans. That's usually how how it works. They see themselves do good as boxers and then the then their personal life starts transforming because now their confidence is through the roof. And I love that. And I also fucking love doing shit that no one can do. Knowing that I'm doing something that no one can do, building stuff that no one has built, I fucking love that. There's two things that I'm also working on that no one knows about that I'm doing. I don't want to talk about it yet, but hopefully you hear about it much sooner than later. But it will definitely be popping off i just don't want to jinx myself yet but there's two things that i'm working on besides this entire thing that i have 
this entire organization that I got going on right now with the amateurs, with the pros, with the gym. Besides that, I got two other things that I'm working on right now and the podcast. But when Erica asked me that, I was in shock. I was like, man, what do I do? And I just feel like, man, if you enjoy what you do and you're happy, everything you do turns out better. I mean, you you work happier. You conversations with people are happier. Your home life is happier. You're not fucking drinking. You're not doing drugs because you know you don't need no escape. Like I don't drink, I don't smoke because I don't need no escape from my life. Like I don't need that in me. I fucking love what I do. I'm I'm high on life. Fuck, you know. Um, I don't need, and I feel like that's what kind of causes um, the tension with sometimes at home or kids is when you, someone is not happy with themselves. So you definitely have to find that happiness within yourself, accept yourself for who you are and what you do and fucking deal with it. Keep going. That's, that's, there's nothing else that you can do. So anyways, that was the whole podcast talking about the California Silver Glove State Championships. I hope you enjoyed this episode. A couple takeaways from this was, you know, be nice to people doing good goes a long way. Showing up is half the battle. And I wanted to ask you guys a random question since I've been talking this whole time. And hopefully you guys can send me a message or answer it when you see me in the gym or running around. What do you guys like to do when you're visiting a new city? A city you have not been to. What is something you like to do? Give me some ideas. Uh, This coming up weekend, I will be with my wife and I'm going to be taking her out for her birthday. We're probably going to be planning some places to go in the future. I want to hear what you guys got to say about that. Um, I plan on doing two more episodes. Uh, probably one talking about the upcoming week, the fight week for David's fight. Also talking about recapping the fight, something along those ways. And then I'm bringing Kelly and Ricky back. Uh, the reason for that is because I either don't do any podcasts and wait for Kelly and Ricky to get back or I just rock them on my own. So how are you guys enjoying these podcasts of having me alone? Or would you rather me wait for Ricky and Kelly? And right now, our schedules were mostly my schedule. Actually, all of our schedule, except Kelly. Kelly's enjoying her life. She got a new house. She's happy we ain't doing a podcast. She's painting. She's fucking living life. Uh, Ricky, I know Ricky's a little, a little busy. Uh, uh, but honestly, all three of us are busy. So that is why... Ricky and Kelly aren't on it right now, but I will be bringing them back. So that is it for the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, you know, I need reviews on here. So give me a do me a favor, slap a five star review, leave a comment and have a great week. Y'all thank you guys for listening. I'm out. (laughs) 